Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Going left side, watch Calvin, and so got him! Oh, baby, that was a rocket! And it's picked off! Intercepted by Darius Slade! No one will catch him! Touchdown, Lions! Hello and welcome to episode 84. Of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and we are sponsored this week by Bet Online and by Deal Dash. Go check them both out, betonline.ag and dealdash.fm. So the Lions got their first round of tests back, and not surprisingly, because that's the way of the world these days, there are five Lions that are on the COVID reserve list. Now, just to be clear before we get into any of this, that doesn't necessarily mean they have tested positive for the coronavirus. When you get placed on the COVID reserve list, it means one of two things. Either you have, in fact, tested positive for COVID-19, or you have come in close contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19. There is no distinction between the two, and that is really up to the players or player agents to announce whether or not that player has COVID or It's asymptomatic or came into contact. That's the way that at least the Lions and it seems like the NFL are handling that. So who is on the COVID list? Well, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, Amani Awarie, Jalen Elliott, and Aaron Sipos. So what does that mean? Right now, honestly, if they're asymptomatic, if they are not sick, if they've come in close contact and that's it and they're able to take some negative tests soon, not much. It's just, you know, maybe a couple of days of strength and conditioning that they might miss. And in the cases of Galladay and Hawkinson and really even a Warrior, that's not too big of a loss as long as they can get back quickly. For... Sipos and Elliott, they, they really hope to hope that it's asymptomatic. And Dave Burkett of the Free Press is reporting that Aaron Sipos is asymptomatic at least. So they would have to hope they can come back quickly because both of them are competing for roster spots. Now, the Lions announced through Bob Quinn in a Zoom press conference that the Lions are going to be one of the teams that stays at 90 through August 18th. So that way they can have split squad practices. The, Bob Quinn's philosophy on that was twofold. One, they can stagger who comes into the building and when in some ways to prevent a massive spread of COVID-19 if someone were to test positive once they started practicing. And also because he believes that all the guys that they brought in, whether it's an undrafted rookie or a veteran that they signed, deserves a chance to show whether they can compete because they signed them for a reason. 
I think that's a very honorable way to go about things and probably the most fair way to go about things. And it gives you a chance to at least see if in you know, the first week or so someone flashes enough where maybe you want to keep more of an eye on them, especially among the undrafted guys. And you can get an idea of whether the vets that you brought in that you were counting on being in shape can be in shape. So for a guy like Elliot, who is an undrafted player out of Notre Dame, that's important because we'll see where that goes. And it's a deep, deep, deep safety room, and it's going to be a tough competition for him regardless. For Sipos, he's in a punting competition with Jack Fox, who was on the team's practice squad last year. Really, I don't think anyone has a no pun intended leg up on one another right now. I think they're both probably pretty equal because Braden Coombs is the new special teams coach. So it's not like there is someone who's got a base to work with and has worked with Fox in the past. So that's kind of where things stand with those two positions. What does all this mean for Galladay and for Hawkinson and for Awarie? For Galladay, as long as you know, they're not out for a long time. It's not going to mean a ton. It's just kind of the new reality of life right now, I think. Obviously, the Lions want to see TJ Hawkinson back. He's coming off of injured reserve. Kenny Galladay is in line for potentially a really big contract extension. That's something Bob Quinn did not want to get into on Wednesday as far as contract talks with Taylor Decker or with Kenny Galladay. And then for Awarie, because they drafted Jeffrey Okuda, for Awarie, there's not necessarily competing for a starting spot, but rather locking down kind of your top reserve role. And that's where he is at at the start of training camp. We talked a little bit about that yesterday on the podcast. So that's where things stand with covid And also one other thing to mention with COVID, and after the break, we'll kind of get more into what Bob Quinn talked about during his press conference and we'll also preview special teams. But one player has opted out. That is defensive tackle John Atkins. Atkins started six games for the Lions last season. He was going to probably be in the mix to be a reserve defensive tackle in a completely retooled defensive tackle room for Detroit. But... He has chosen instead to opt out of the 2020 season. He is the first Lions player to do so. The Lions, obviously, Lions players at least, obviously have a few more days at least to make decisions of whether they want to play or not. And it's just going to be the reality of life. And as I said yesterday, if a player chooses to opt out, do not criticize them. Do not question them because everybody has to make their own decisions for their own health and the health of their family. And that at least would think one would think is what John Atkins has done here. He's a big man, six foot three, 322 pounds. And that's where things stand when it comes to John Atkins. What does that do to the defensive tackle room? Well, I mean, it's not going to affect the top end guys because Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, Deshaun hand, if you consider him more of an inside guy, They were going to be on the team. They're pretty locked in. But what this could do is this could open up a path for maybe both John Piacini and Jay Sean Cornell, the team's sixth round and seventh round picks, to maybe make the team where it might have been if Atkins made the team in either or scenario uh, when it came to making the 53-man roster. So if you're Piacini or Cornell, you see this and it is an opportunity. And that's how it should be looked at. And there are some other guys that maybe could also fit in that 
role and more of what could happen with that roster spot we'll get into right after this break. Ad reads coming down in three, two, one. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10, count them, 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use your offer code ROTHSHOW, that's R-O-T-H-S-H-O-W, or DealDash.FM backslash ROTHSHOW, that's R-O-T-H-S-H-O-W. That's DealDash.FM backslash ROTHSHOW. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's a promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And now, back to our show. So, as we were talking about before the break, we said that we get into kind of maybe what having an empty roster spot might mean for the Lions. Now, a couple things here. First, because the Lions will have to cut down to 80 players by August 18th, maybe they don't bring in a player to replace John Atkins and they kind of see what they have, make the cut down to 80 and go from there. But if they chose to bring a player in, this is where it gets tricky. And it's still not quite clear, frankly, how all of this will work. It's one of the things that Bob Quinn's not super thrilled about because I asked him this actually the last question of the press conference I asked him basically listen we all know the Lions like to churn their roster a lot especially on the back end we've seen it time and time again and I asked him kind of what the approach is to managing the back end of the roster and what that might look like with additional protocols for this season and this is what Bob Quinn said quote That's like my biggest question, right? And I don't have a great answer, honestly. So as it stands right now, we cannot bring a player in for a tryout. We cannot bring a free agent player in for a tryout as it stands right now. Now the league is working on this and they're supposed to be letting us know how we can do that. We can bring somebody in for a physical and send them to our doctor's office off-site, but we cannot physically see that person here or work them out. That's going to be a challenge in the onboarding process of claiming a player, trading for a player, signing our free, a free agent during the season, all that stuff. Honestly, I don't have a lot of information on because they haven't told us because that's a whole different protocol than the protocol that's in place with the players that are currently on your roster. So that's a big question that I think everybody in my seat, meaning general manager seats, around the league is like waiting for more guidance on. So then I followed up whether, have they started pressuring the NFL about that? Because, hey, if guys are opting out, if guys you know, are sick and on the reserve list, 
and they want to bring other players in, what do you do? And Bob Quinn said that they had a call with the league at five o'clock on Tuesday afternoon and that, yeah, they pressured him. So far, we don't know what the results are there, but that at least is kind of what the protocol is at the moment for potentially bringing in new players if you want to try and bring in new players, which, you know, that's a different question altogether of how you want to do that and how you want to handle that, uh, especially right now because you're, you're still trying to figure everything else and kind of keep your building safe. So I want to get in a little bit into Bob Quinn's press conference today. It was largely all about the team's handling of getting ready for the season and getting ready for COVID and, and how they're going to handle that. Bob Quinn talked for about, oh, wow, about 20 minutes about how he was going to do this and what the plan was. And he, they were, went in very great detail. And, and you can check on ESPN.com this morning. I have a story that goes into a lot of detail about what the Lions did and how it worked. But here are a few highlights that I wanted to point out. Bob Quinn credited a committee that they put together in May full of a bunch of people from really across the organization. Kevin Anderson, who's the chief of staff under Matt Patricia, Mike Disner, who's the vice president of football operations, Gina Newell, who basically handles all of the travel for the Lions, Elton Moore, who's the team's longtime director of security, Allison Mackey, who's the team's CFO, the team's head trader, Dave Granito, and then Matt Barnes, the assistant athletic trainer, among others. They were part of this group to kind of, as they called it, the return to work committee. They met every day trying to put everything together. The Lions also had a second committee that was called the Infectious Response Team that was led by Matt Barnes, who's the team's infectious control officer. He's an assistant athletic trainer, also the team's connection to the Henry Ford Health System. So he, Matt, Bob Quinn felt like, and Rod Wood felt like that was the best guy to put in charge there because he already had a connection with the hospital. So what does all of that mean? Well, the return to work committee helped put together the plans that the Lions have put in place to get back into the facility. The infectious response team helped put together those plans and make other suggestions. They also worked with a bunch of doctors at Henry Ford, including an infectious disease doctor. And part of that was to answer any possible question that they could have, have an array of doctors on call for the Lions in case they need anything, in case there are questions. They, From the medical infectious response team perspective, they were having meetings starting at 9, 10 o'clock at night to avoid the work that the doctors at the hospital were having every day. And they went from there. So what did the Lions do? Well, here are some of the more interesting protocols to me. Rod Wood posted a video as the team president that you probably saw some of them, but they didn't get into everything on that video. Yes, they have hand sanitizers everywhere. They have Clorox wipes everywhere. But here's some other stuff that they did. They actually put in a completely new air filtration system that the doctors and medical people were pushing for to help circulate the air out better. We've heard about some of that stuff on airplanes uh, to help, you know, do what they can to stop the spread of COVID and stop stale air from being in a building or in an airplane. They installed that in June. They took out all the normal coolers and now have open air coolers, kind of like what you would see at, at a Kroger or a Meyer, where you can just kind of grab something without touching anything, like when you go grab eggs or milk or, um, you know, every store is different. Sometimes like packaged lettuce, like think like that. That's what coolers are like now. They have 
people that are going to be walking around the building sp with Clorox 360 sprayers being able to spray and kind of sanitize everything multiple times per day. They had 10 full building deep cleans, which meant nobody was in the building for 48 hours so they could clean everything. That was over the last two months, including the last one last weekend. So they've really done everything they could to clean as much as possible. Inside the locker room, they've spread it out. They had to order temporary lockers and they've put plexiglass dividers between each locker. So what that's done is in the permanent lockers where you just have one guy right next to the other and it would get a little bit crowded, guys would share stuff. Now, basically, that's impossible because you have one guy in a locker, a locker that's now empty, then another guy in another locker, then a locker that's empty, so on and so forth. So in order to fit players in, they had to order more temporary lockers and that's kind of where things stand. Usually there were temporary lockers in there for training camp, but they were very temporary. They weren't that big. And frankly, you probably couldn't do much social distancing with them. These are new lockers. And I would imagine the Lions probably continue using them, especially considering the event, the uh, added practice squad members throughout the season. Uh, what that's done in the locker room is there's not as much space to walk and move around, but everything is done at a safe social distancing. Dining was something that they really had to think of. They now have an app to order, pre-order food. Every food is pre-packaged. There's no more buffet lines. There's no more real live food to get. Bob Quinn said his goal was by the second week of training camp to have everybody using the app. And you basically have to order food hours beforehand and then you wait in a takeout line you pick it up and you go on about your day now there's things in different tiers so different guys can different people can eat in different sections obviously tier one and tier two can intermingle tier one can intermingle forever long they want with those people tier two can only intermingle with certain people for certain amounts of time and then tier three can't really go near anyone that is a tier one or tier two they're all wearing uh kind of trackers basically that will alert somebody if they've been taught if they're in tier one or tier two if they've been talking with somebody for too long or interacting with somebody for too long and then the tier three people if they come within i think six feet or so of a tier one or tier two person is supposedly supposed to start to beep so that's going to be really interesting as this goes forward for people within the building and i think that that eventually would just become commonplace and and just understanding that that's what that is uh, another interesting thing was the player meeting rooms. The smallest meeting room, the quarterback meeting room, is basically unusable right now because they had to put max capacities on everything. That max capacity was four, and usually there's five to six people in the quarterback meeting. So a way that they've tried to measure that out per room is they've only will have as many chairs in a room as the max capacity so if all of a sudden somebody doesn't have a chair like musical chairs you're over max capacity and somebody has to go the the biggest drastic one to me was the offensive line is going to be using the main team meeting room which usually holds 120 people now that is at 34 at maximum to make sure people can spread out and have good social distancing for bigger team meetings that aren't done virtually they're going to try and use the indoor field and they have chairs set up there we covered a little bit of the testing yesterday there's a trailer you go in bob quinn said at this point he's go when he goes in it's two minutes and then he's out so moving pretty quickly there uh an interesting thing that bob quinn pointed out and i think is really important to mention was and this is a quote from him 
The one thing, quote, the one thing with testing, testing is only one step. We can't protect from the virus by just testing. It's education, number one. It's about PPE and it's about contact tracing. All those things are just as important as the testing. Once a player is in the building starting Saturday, we're testing every day for 14 days. And depending on our rate, it could go to every other day. The extent of testing is great, but education, PPE, and just being smart about what's going on is going to be just as important as the testing itself. One thing they're trying to do to encourage education is they've had educational zoom meetings with support staff with the families of support staff with coaches the co families of coaches with players and at least on wednesday night was supposed to be the final call at eight o'clock p.m with the families of players it's basically to allow them to have the opportunity to ask any questions that they might have in smaller groups to get the same educational material so everybody's on the same page and also basically to give them information saying here are trainers and doctors you can call if you have questions you don't want to ask in person or on zoom and some of that might come down to as bob quinn said schools because in michigan if schools open up and you have school in person if you are say matthew stafford or matt prater or i'm not sure if marvin jones's kids are going to be coming to michigan this year or not but marvin jones guys maybe some older vets who have kids who are going to be in school and you want to know what the school protocol is, then you want to be able to ask those questions. So Bob Quinn said that the doctors, the trainers, everybody will be available to answer any of those questions. They want to make sure that everyone has the resources to answer any questions that they might have. So that's kind of where Bob Quinn stood, at least on what they've been doing COVID-wise. Uh, we hit why they went to 90 players. Um the other thing I thought was pretty interesting was, you know, when someone asked him on the implications of contact tracing data and what could happen if, say, you know, Frank Ragnow, as we've talked about this podcast a couple of times, if he gets te if he tests positive or ends up on the COVID reserve list, what does that mean? And Bob Quinn said he's not sure yet. Uh, to quote, I'm not a scientist. They're basically going to show us a list of what of what happens and who has to sit out. The thing is, the meeting room thing, they're going to be spread out in the meetings. It's practices and games. Let's use common sense here. We know that's going to be where we are going to be the most nervous about. So he's talking about practices and games. He feels like that they have their facility, their building handled, that their building is as much of a bubble inside that building as it can be. And that if somebody comes in with it, they can hopefully contain that pretty quickly and it won't be a widespread outbreak. But practices and games, which is what we've talked about, which is what the big concern is, and it's been talked about ad nauseum for months, that's where there is no control. There is no really way to, to help that because if a guy, if you're, say a guy tests on Saturday night or Sunday morning and he plays in a game and then they get the test back Monday and he tests positive for coronavirus. Well, then what does that mean for his teammates? What does that mean for the opponent that they just played? Those are some of the questions that we don't know yet and what any of that is really going to mean. So that's going to be something really to watch. Uh, I said we would get to the last part of our training camp preview among players today. That is special teams. It's pretty simplistic here. Matt Prater is going to be the team's kicker. Dom Muehlbach theoretically should be the team's long snapper, although Steven Wordle is in camp. I think if there was a full spring and a full training camp, I think Steven Wordle would have really given Dom Muehlbach a run for it. But as long as Dom Muehlbach continues to stay healthy, and I think that they'll stick with Dom Muehlbach this year. But there is competition for now for Dom Muehlbach this year. 
And we'll see how that goes. Steven Wordle was considered the best long snapper coming out of college last year. And then the punter battle, which we touched on a little bit at the top of the podcast, I think that's going to be really interesting. Obviously, now we have to see when Aaron Sipos can get back. But if he's able to come back soon, if he's able to participate fully, I think it's going to be a really close competition in my 53-man roster projection. I went with Sipos over Fox. But I think it's a complete coin toss, and it's going to really depend on how they punt in practice. What the difference to me with Sipos is he has been a pro before. He was a pro in the Australian Football League. Uh, He was pro AFL player for a few years. He's older. He's 27. So he has that type of experience. And he offers maybe a more versatile style of kick because he can traditionally punt. He can also do more rugby rollout kicks. And he's a bigger body, too, where, you know, he, he knows how to handle a football or a ball if he needs to because he had to handle an Aussie rules football. And he was pretty good. He was a pro. He played for St. Kilda for a while. Fox, his his benefit, I think, is he's more of a traditional punter. And he can also handle kickoffs. We don't know if Seapost can handle kickoffs. He didn't have to do that at Auburn. And he told me when I talked to him in the spring that that was something that he was working on. So if he shows that he can do that too, I think he's in even a better spot. But if not, and they want to save Matt Prater's leg, although Matt Prater can easily handle kickoffs if need be, then maybe that helps Fox win the job if the competition is that close. So that's going to be something to watch when it comes to special teams. I want to thank my sponsors for today's podcast, Deal Dash and Bet Online. I want to thank Regents Field. Go check them out. They're back open again. They're on South Main Street in Ann Arbor. And as always, thanks Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. Follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Not sure if we're going to have a podcast for Friday or not, or if we're going to wait for Monday. I think it's going to kind of depend on news and what happens over the weekend at this point, as there's no real access uh, as far as seeing anything on the field for at least a little bit. So we will chat with you soon. 